This is College Dame Day, a podcast for college football fans, hosted by three sisters who recap last week's games, talk about upcoming matchups, and find some time to trash talk the teams they don't like. Let's join Megan, Amy, and Laura as they break the huddle and kick off this week's episode. Welcome, everybody. We are excited. Big Ten football is coming back this week. Woohoo! So, of course, we're going to kick off this week's podcast um, talking a little bit about Nebraska's upcoming game um, versus Ohio State this weekend. 11 a.m. kickoff Central Time. We're on Fox. Super excited to watch us, you guys. Me too. We're going to get the upset. And here's why, according to Caden. Ohio State hasn't seen us play. Mm-hmm. They have no idea what's coming. We had mm-hmm. all this time to prepare for them. It's like written in the stars, and it's all going to come together. That's what okay. he says. Yes, and here's another little factor. Ohio State's only number five, according to the AP poll, so they can't be that good. <laughs> you never, You never know how to <laughs> put the weight on the AP poll. But yes, I I appreciate all of the optimism all around. So we found out who the captains are going to be this year. What do you guys think about that? Looks like Adrian Martinez, Matt Farniak, Colin Miller, and Cade Warner. I'm excited for Cade. I liked him. He doesn't always get a ton of playing time, but when he comes in, hard worker, solid hands. And um, that mustache is like... (laughs) Cream of the crop, okay. <laughs> there is no one that's grown a mustache as good as Kate Warner, so I think that's probably what locked it up for him. Probably, I'm sure. I'm sure that just sealed the deal. They were like mad respect for that. He'll he'll get voted in. Yeah, and I didn't see. I didn't think they would release um, a depth chart, but we did get word that Adrian is going to be the starting quarterback. So that kind of puts at least maybe for the first game to rest the. Luke McCaffrey rumors, but I don't know if those are going to be completely gone. Well, what I've been hearing is that like, and again, it's hearsay, but because like, I don't really think like it would have taken a lot for Luke to take Adrian's spot, but I know that the coaches don't want to lose like Luke McCaffrey. So I, what I've been hearing is that they're like working him into the offense any way they can to get him playing time and to get him like, reps and even if he's like coming in like once in a while to take snaps for Adrian or he's like lining up as a receiver like he did a few times last year that they're just trying to work him into the offense any way they can even though Adrian did get that starting spot so that they don't lose him to the transfer portal I mean it makes sense I would like to have more talent than not enough so I guess it's a good predicament Um, everyone keeps saying Adrian Martinez still looks good though and it's like we get like hyped every year and then it's like a balloon slowly <laughs> coming out, like the air slowly coming out. But I'm what I, I've also been hearing is rumors that Adrian was like more injured than he let on last year. Yeah. And that like that surgery he had in the off season, um, that mixed with like just that horrible like snapping situation that was yeah. going on. Just like all those factors that he just gonna like settle in for a good year which I'm all for that so I'm really hoping that's the case yeah I mean I definitely think that can happen even looking at an athlete like Trevor Lawrence the way he started last year and then watching him this year that can totally happen like that could have just been Adrian's sophomore slump maybe it was an injury maybe it was you know like you said all of the issues with the snapping and the new center and all of that 
like, I think if he got the starting job, he must be looking good in practice. He must be fully recovered and healed from his injuries. And so I'm excited. I'm hopeful and optimistic. In a position we have a lot of depth that too is running back. Um, I was reading some articles Michael was showing me today about kind of the running back situation. And Dedrick Mills is still kind of the go-to number one running back. But number two, kind of um, to put a spotlight on him, is Ronald Tompkins. So we still do have Ramir Johnson. But I thought this was kind of a neat story. He is, at least was, one of the top recruits coming out of like a powerhouse in Georgia. But he ended up having two knee surgeries, and so he lost a lot of his scholarships to, like, a ton of the top SEC schools. But Nebraska still honored his scholarship, and obviously he came here. And apparently he's looking pretty good. So maybe us rolling the dice on him can pan out for us. I feel like we're due. Uh, yeah, maybe really. a little bit of luck. So I'm excited. It seems like I said a lot of depth at the running back position. Seems like classic Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. Thoughts on the game? Right, I can't wait. I know. Very excited. Um, I feel like like we're just your optimism. We're like very excited for the first game. I don't Um, even care. Like we just get to see football, like Nebraska football. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I do care, but I care a lot, and so that makes me nervous because it's (laughs) like right now my my hope is like a fragile bubble, and it's like on Saturday I just don't want harsh reality to pop that bubble. Anyway. I'm trying to like be very protective of my emotions. Okay, here's but... the thing. This this is what I'm looking at. Okay. Okay. So we started last year, South Alabama, not, you know, that great. We just mm-hmm. like had some issues, like snapping problems. Didn't go great. We got the W, but it wasn't great. Year before, yeah. Scott Frost's first game gets rained out. Not good luck. Then we have to play against Colorado first game. We lose. Like that's... Like, it's just, like, we're due for a great opening game. <laughs> it's just, like, mm-hmm. the statistic. The math is there for us to have a good one. Okay? okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. there's the science odds. behind it. All right? Okay. Good pep talk. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. Yeah. I, here's my, like, overall opinion of the game. So the line opened at 21 and a half, obviously, in favor of Ohio State. It's now moved to 26 points. I'm going to oh, say no. that we cover. I'm going to say we cover. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's the, that is the nice thing about playing a really good team is that like the expectations are realistic, I think, because it's Ohio State. If we go in and we compete, it's going to be a victory. So I, I do feel like that takes a little bit of pressure off. Like this is just a good opportunity to go out there and play your best, play hard, compete, you know, make it a game. Um, but then in the back of my mind is that fear of like, I just don't, I'm not prepared emotionally if the game gets out of hand early because then I worry about how the players will respond because I think Wisconsin is is winnable. And so I'm like, I'm already looking ahead to that game and I'm like, I really want to beat Wisconsin. I know, but I'm not, I'm not one of the players. I'm like a fan. Here's what I do. Here's what I do. Okay. When it gets bad Uh because like my nerves can't handle it and I can't eat and stuff. What I do is I go take a rally bath and I get in the bathtub and I just like take a nice hot bubble bath. I take some snacks in there and then I just like tune it out. And then when I get out, either like the game's turned around mm-hmm. or it's over and I didn't have to sit through the rest of it, like on all that pain and turmoil. Mm-hmm. And I took a bath and I like lowered my blood pressure and 
He ate some snacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay. I should try it. Okay, well, I've, got, I've got some coping mechanisms like in mind now. All so. lined up. Okay. Yep, yep. Do you guys know who I'm you like, most oil. excited to watch? What'd you say? Do you guys know who I'm the most excited to see? Like, just because he's a big like, we've never seen him play for us before, and I've just been hearing like crazy things out of camp from him. Well, I was gonna Is say Wanda Robinson, Robinson, but obviously not that. It's not the answer. Omar Manning. Okay. <laughs> He Scott has just like been saying so many good things about him in all the press conferences, just because we don't have a whole lot of depth there with um, Trader McGee. <laughs> That's what Caden called <laughs> JD Spielman leaving. Um, and just I don't know, we don't have a whole lot of depth there, but he's just got the size that we haven't had at that position in a while, and he can just go up and like get balls and no, oh, don't say it, Laura. I didn't say anything. I know I had to be like proactive there and um, he like he can make an immediate impact on the game is what I'm hearing. So mm-hmm. why well, I, I hope he's playing because I've heard some issues and rumors like he had some personal issues and he had some health issues. And as of a couple of weeks ago, Scott Frost didn't even know if he was going to be playing against OSU. So hopefully there's an update that I've been missing. He, okay. Him. His Twitter going from his Twitter feed that all the rumors about him are all false and that, He's playing and he says GDR. <laughs> so fake news. So <laughs> yeah. it is hashtag so. fake news. I can't handle scares, so I'm not believe any of them. Okay. All right. Well, we do have the first two game times announced. Um, I think they're releasing it like um, on Monday, two weeks beforehand or something like that. So we take on obviously Ohio State this weekend at 11. And then we just got announced a couple days ago we will take on Wisconsin at 2.30. So some games to look forward to. I'm very, I'm very excited. I'm glad to have Husker football back. And I hope I maintain this optimism throughout the uh, end of the week. So we'll have to see here. So let's talk a little bit, though, about some of the past week's games. Let's start with the Big 12 because they had a whopping one game. Um, and I'm what sure a game it was. <laughs> Some big names. Yes, definitely. I mean, everyone's tracking West Virginia and Kansas. So, um, you know, maybe the silver lining is we won't be as bad as Kansas. <laughs> um, I guess the biggest takeaway from me is obviously not too much about the game because they're both terrible teams. They're not competing for any part of the big 12. So um, the thing that stuck out to me though, is how many games have been moved for the big 12 because of COVID issues. And that makes me nervous for the big 10 because we don't have any built in weeks. I mean, we technically kind of do at the very, very end, but it still makes me nervous. I am like, Oh, I know when they first announced, like when we were going to be starting, I was like, why are we waiting so long? Three week rule. No, but there's also that three-week rule, which is, like, asinine. No, I mean, I understand that, too. But I'm saying, I mean, the three-week rule isn't necessarily for a team. It's for the player. But well, the false because, positive is going around. It's kind of like, You have a certain percentage of your team that has COVID, and then you have to sit out. And I'm like, why did we wait till October 24th to start the season? Because of Kevin. I know, but that's where I'm like, I'm critiquing Kevin right now. It's Kevin's fault. Jeez, Kevin. Come on, Kevin. I don't know, but I it makes me nervous too, Laura. Okay. All right. Well, I guess the other thing, too, to think about is it does look like when you look at each of the divisions and each of the conferences, there kind of seems to be that one team that sticks out. Big 12, mm-hmm. 
not so much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, Iowa State. <laughs> ironically, they're still in it, so it's possible. They really are. What do you mean, ironically? They're undefeated. You know, I know conference. I'm saying ironic based on how they started against a non-conference team. Right, but in the conference, it's all that matters. <laughs> They're saying there's a chance. Um, Oklahoma State, too, I need to see them play again. They just haven't. They they're play all against somebody good. Yeah. I mean, they're undefeated, too, but I don't know if they've been tested. I don't know. It, yeah. It's kind of wide open in the Big 12. Well, not wide open. <laughs> there are some teams that have taken themselves out of it. <laughs> That, that's true. I guess it's a complete toss-up, I should say. Yes. Um, and I I don't know, honestly. Even if Oklahoma State wins out, or even if Iowa State wins out, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if they get in the playoffs. I mean, especially if a team yeah. like BYU can go undefeated. I, mm-hmm. I would think Big 12 would get the nod, but I don't, I don't know. They just don't look good. BYU is looking like really strong so I think like honestly like I've been hearing like analysts saying this is the year for like a non-power five or like an independent or somebody like that that they might get in like Mm -hmm. it's like we're ready for that to happen or something so like yeah I don't know and with how the big 12 performed last year in the playoffs (laughs) right well not just last year I mean the last several years (laughs) Well, Oklahoma did have that one really close when Baker played with Georgia when they mm-hmm. played, but like that was a yeah. great game. That was a, such a good game. It was really good, but yeah, last year was not a good representation for them. I mean, part of that's just who they drew, like in playing LSU, but um, but I mean, I don't think it was a mistake made. Like, I still think they should have gotten over like Oregon and whatever was going on in the Pac-12. But I just like, I think that. This year we might see somebody else get in. Yeah, I mean, in this whole conversation, we no one has brought up the Pac-12. And so do you think that they have a chance if they have a team that's undefeated? I mean, they're going to run into the same issue worse than the Big Ten is can they even play all their games? Right. Right. So they're they're like, seven games. Yeah. Because they're not even doing what we're doing at the end because we're supposed to have nine with our, like, you know, in conference, For like matchup at the end. Yeah. Um, they don't have that. So they literally only have seven games. And that's why I like, I like that they're playing because it makes us look better because <laughs> we right. look bad compared to the SEC and everybody else not playing and starting as early. And so it's like, but we look better than them. All right. Well, let's uh, journey from the Big 12 to the SEC. There's a big game that we'll all want to talk about. But first, uh, there was a victory in the Kennedy household this week. Uh, Depending on, I guess, which people you ask. There were some that would cheer against Kentucky because they're Louisville fans. But the rest of us were going for Kentucky versus Tennessee. um, And they pulled out the win and not even in close fashion. It was quite the blowout. It really was. It was shocking. I did not expect that, but I was really happy to see that. I mean, I feel like Kentucky has kind of just fallen short of a victory for several weeks in a row, so they were due. And um, my favorite part of this whole game is that Kentucky Sports Radio, I guess Mark Stoops called in after the game and he (laughs) told them, he's like, I'm sipping on a bourbon and about to go smoke a cigar. (laughs) (laughs) In case you're wondering how coaches in Kentucky celebrate that yep. is the picture you should have in your mind. Anyway, we're excited for the Cats. 
was a good win. And, and I will echo, I said it last week. I'm going to say it again this week. Garantano, their QB for Tennessee, looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Okay, here's the thing. I, like, hate, you know, I'm not a fan of Tennessee, so it's whatever. I didn't cry any tears when they lost. But um, I honestly think if he doesn't throw two pick sixes at the beginning of that game, it's a different game. Like, it's a different mm-hmm. ball game. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, when you just get down in that hole and then you can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm stopping I didn't you know what i'm saying i i think that's a different ball game nine out of ten times but yeah whatever. yeah and i don't know how much of that is you know their quarterback and how much of it is kentucky's pass defense because they picked off mississippi state six times last week so didn't you know, they win last week they did they beat mississippi state Okay, so what? I guess I thought you said you were like seven. Well, their they- first two games, their first two games, like they played Auburn and they lost. Um, the second game they played Ole Miss and the kicker missed the extra points. Um, so they were just they've been really close a couple of times and just couldn't get the win. Um, but then they beat Mississippi State. They killed them last week, and then they beat Tennessee this week. I just feel like things are kind of finally coming together for them, which I'm excited. Um, because I really, in the SEC, I do like Kentucky as a team. That's fair. I will also do that. Um, the quarterback, Ken Garantano, did get booed, I want to say, like, in the third or fourth quarter. So it was a, a rough day for him, but maybe not the roughest day for a quarterback. True. So true. Uh, sounds like someone else in the SEC had a little bit of a struggle. Yes. Ole Miss's quarterback, Matt Corral, was picked off six times in their game against Arkansas, which they did lose. Not, not surprisingly, <laughs> six interceptions. Um, but I'm really impressed with Arkansas. So if Iowa State is Amy's dark horse, my dark horse in the SEC is Arkansas. They okay. have turned things around. I mean, I'm like so impressed with what Sam Pittman is doing there. And I think like their defense obviously is very impressive, but their offensive line is pretty incredible too. And I think you should just ask Felipe Franks if he appreciates that because he's playing a lot better. <laughs> there you go. There, there is the magic when you have an O line. I know, I know. I mean, I would love for Nebraska to to give that to Adrian Martinez this season. So it really makes a difference, I think. And also the, I mean, it seems like uh, Pittman's fitting right in. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, he actually had built his retirement home in Arkansas, like before he even got the job. Like he, that's like his dream location. (laughs) So (laughs) it's like, when does that ever happen? I mean, the stars just align for Arkansas there. So yeah, yeah, it's a great fit. I feel like, so if, if Mark Stoops in Kentucky drinks bourbon and smokes a cigar, what does Sam Pittman do in Arkansas? Do they, I don't know. What's, what's. And I was going to say roasted pig, but they are the pig, so maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. I'm not as familiar with Arkansas culture. So I would, I mean, obviously Tennessee would it's be a like rich whiskey. culture, Megan. So I don't know about Arkansas. They've got some hot springs down there. Maybe they all go like, it's like a redneck hot tub and like, you mm-hmm. know. That's some food for thought. Food yes. for thought. Yeah, I'll have to um, go back to that. Of course, the most amazing story from the SEC is Nick Saban rising from the ashes of COVID yeah. to be back. I mean, he had to have a false positive, right? It was a false positive, it yes. It was. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just saying no he never felt anything. And yeah. like, 
He was like yeah. asymptomatic the whole time. But can you imagine the person who ran that lab result? Like, I bet their head is on the chopping block right now. <laughs> or was it part of his scheme? Is it all like a psychological kind of you psychological know, warfare? That's right. I wouldn't put it past him. Like, I feel like he could be like a serial killer. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, okay, I thought you were going to say like, a villain or something from a movie and then you came out with a serial killer no, like, <laughs> he'd be like a that. ted bundy or something i'm not even kidding like he gives me those vibes okay well here's the thing i actually i kind of like nick saban as a coach because i feel like he probably has a similar personality to mine like he's very intense <laughs> no, he exactly. is very he has six signs of a serial killer <laughs> but i i do feel like he's a little bit misunderstood i totally get that i get what you're saying but it's, like, like we see his, like, temper and stuff and, like, bursts mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then, like, other times he's, like, eerily calm. And, like, mm-hmm. when they were interviewing him about the false positives, he sat there with, like, this really fake-looking smile on his face talking about how he was asymptomatic and, like, how he wasn't bothered by having to get tested so many times. Mm-hmm. When, you know, that's a big fat lie. It was just, it, it mm-hmm. was, like, I could just see into his soul and I was, like, he could be hiding a very big secret. <laughs> well, did you guys hear, um, I think they had like interviewed Kirby on Saturday morning and they were asking him like if he thought that Nick Saban would be on the sidelines and Kirby's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, Kirby's like, no doubt. He's like, I've been through this before. <laughs> yeah. Kirby's like, I know the psychological warfare. I know what happens. Yeah, it was quite the, quite the surprising um, comeback though. Last minute. <laughs> He runs yes. onto the field with the team. I think that the I wouldn't put it past the SEC to like fudge tests to like just mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah, like but I, I mean I would expect them to fudge them the other way. I guess the positive would never have come out. Right, like oh no, they're, all my players are great. They're like you know hacking on the sidelines. <laughs> right. No, no, no one here is sick. <laughs> no one here is sick. Everyone is fine. Yeah, I don't know. I still think it should have been, like, way more dramatic of an entrance. Like, he should have ran out on the field, like, as a football player and then, like, ripped his helmet off and it's, like, him there. Or, like, he had a mask on and it's, like, I'm back. Could have been way more dramatic. It really could have been. Like, he, like, style. comes out on, like, a chariot with the wheels on fire. <laughs> Here's yes. the thing. I think if he had more of Amy's personality, that is how he would have come out, <laughs> for sure. Yes. Such a missed opportunity. But... His team did get the win over Georgia. Boo-hoo. So 41-24. There was, in my opinion, a controversial pass interference call that I think changed the game. It gave Alabama another attempt, and then they got in the end zone. So I wasn't too happy with that. Um, I felt pretty good going into halftime with Georgia leading, but they got blanked (laughs) in the second half. So I don't know. I don't know who I want to blame. Yeah. I mean, I don't think... Like, I, I do agree that that was a bad call, but I don't think it's the same kind of bad call that determines a game because, like, a good team isn't going to implode after one bad call, which is what Georgia did. Like, I mean, if the final score had been, like, the Clemson-Ohio State game where, you know, it's a margin of, like, six, like, one score victory, I feel like you could blame that on a bad call. But, like, 41 to 24... But you, you know. just saw the de- like it was the tide, ha the tide. It was the tide turning for the game, like because you saw the like Good one. Def- on the defense face because like the whole time it was like 
they wouldn't ever go three and out against Bama. It'd be like Alabama drives, Alabama drives, and then they'd get that one time to stop them. Uh-huh. And that was that one time that they stopped them and they got taken away. So you just kind of saw like the energy, like. Right. But what I'm saying play, is like, so. I feel like a good team recovers from that. Like I get that the momentum swung at that point, but I mean, Georgia didn't that's score a, again and Alabama scored another time that's after that. What Georgia is missing. They can recruit all this talent and all this like, you know, five stars and all this, all these like crazy athletic, but it's like their culture there. They don't have that like winning culture. Yeah. Like they just don't. Yeah, no, I agree. Cause I, I was even, I was talking to Jared about it and I was like, Georgia didn't have less talent than Alabama on the field. Right. They, they just like, can't win. But Alabama knows how to win, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And I, like, I do think that Alabama's better coached. Right. Well, but it's just, it's in their mindset and they're, they just, they don't have it yet. Or, yeah, I don't know if they ever will, but they don't have it. Right. Well, I, I will say Mac Jones played considerably better than Stenson Bennett. I, I will say that. I don't think I put the loss on Stenson, but uh, Mac Jones played pretty much near a perfect game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't blame the loss on Stetson Bennett just because one of those interceptions that he threw, honestly, it wasn't his fault that it was yeah. picked off. It was like his receiver tipped it. Um, and I mean, you're also like, I think he's doing everything he can do. He's like five ten, scrawny little <laughs> scrappy kid. I mean, I'm sorry. He's playing as well as he can play, and Georgia's got to pick up the slack in other areas. So that's mm-hmm. all. Those are my thoughts. And I see a note here that Georgia is still, I guess they fell, but they're number four in the AP poll, which is ridiculous. I, it kind of sucks that Ohio State's playing us first because I'm like, I want the Big Ten to like get into the, the top four. So yeah, I know that because if you know, we pull off an upset, then Ohio State's just going to fall further down. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like we lose either way, but it's fine. We'll, we'll take the, we'll, yeah, we'll be I would, okay. I would take a victory. Do you guys think we'll see this matchup again? Georgia, Alabama in the SEC? Yes, I think so. I think so, which is kind of, again, unfortunate because I don't want the SEC to get two teams in. Mm-hmm. I feel like if Georgia somehow yeah. pulled off a really close win in the championship yeah. game, yeah. they might. And so that's going to be really annoying. But yes, I do think we'll see it again. What about you, Amy? I don't know. I feel like with how bad the loss was. Do you think Florida would have a better chance of going to the championship for the East? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do think that Florida is the better team. I just think they have more of like a, I don't know, an edge than Georgia does. Mm -hmm. They pull it off. Okay. Well, one team that certainly seems to be poised to stay at number one, um, Clemson uh, played Georgia Tech this week. And you know what, Megan, if we have a rough week, I think your hubby can be right there with you to comfort you. It sounds like he went through some, some pain this week. Georgia not not show up no well I mean I think they might have shown up I think Clemson might just be that good do you know that Clemson put their punter in as quarterback in the fourth quarter I did I'm like is that the classiest move well I don't know but he still had more yards than Georgia Tech did yeah yeah just him by always among men so I don't know poor Georgia Tech okay but 
I'm going to go on record here. Mm-hmm. I said, and even though no one claims to have heard me, yes, the night before they played, there was yeah, a stat shown that mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence had not thrown an interception, I think, in like 355 or 365 passes or something. Yes. And I said, he will throw an interception tomorrow versus Georgia Tech. And so, sure enough, even though Georgia Tech, you did get, you know, slaughtered, you did take away Trevor Lawrence's um, record from having the most consecutive passes without an interception, who was held by Russell Wilson. And he did have his first interception in a while. So I did call that. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm yeah. sure Georgia Tech is comforting themselves. I know. With I know. that knowledge right now. <laughs> it's like Chandler when Rachel's like, how is that a silver lining? And he's like, you have to really want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Another heartbreaker of a game, because it was a lot closer actually the whole time, was Notre Dame versus Louisville. What was the final I, score? 12 to 12 7. To seven. 12 yes. to 7. Yeah. Um, Amy, did you watch this game at all? Um, no. Oh, okay. Well, Louisville kicked an onside kick and recovered it. And mm-hmm. then because of some obscure, never Very obscure rule. Mike would have heard of it. Yeah. They took it away and gave it back to Notre Dame, of course. And so Notre Dame ended up winning 12 to 7. But that was one of those calls where you were like, man, if I had gone the other way, I wonder what would have happened. So anyway, not that Louisville is really competing for a ranking or anything, but that would have been nice to knock off Notre Dame, who is, by the way, still ranked number three. Which is ridiculous because they struggled versus Florida State. They struggled versus, no offense, Louisville. Like what? Why? I don't understand. And they haven't really played that many games because they sat out for a whole month with the COVID issues. And so it's not even like, oh, they've won a bunch of games against you know just average teams like they haven't even won that many games yeah that's ridiculous I think that they will fall once the Big Ten starts playing but we'll see yeah I mean the thing is they just they're playing an ACC schedule this year so until they get to Clemson are they gonna really be tested at all I don't know I just I hate seeing that because there's no way in my mind that they're the number three team in the (laughs) nation no way no, I know, and I know, like, obviously people are going to be like, well, they were in the ACC for, you know, basketball or whatever. But you know Notre Dame for football looked around and they're like, mm, we're going to go with the ACC for our conference yeah. this year. They're like, SEC, nah. Big they're Ten, like, nah. They're like, we can't the pull Big 12 off the Big 12. The so. They're like, meeny, meeny, miny, moe. We'll go with the ACC. Yeah. And you know that they're just using them for this COVID season, too, because yeah. – the, one of their tweets at the beginning of the season was like how, like when they were painting the ACC or whatever on the field, that it was just like a one year. Like they were like mocking, like yes. they're being really cocky and like mocking the whole yes. situation. Yes. So. It's like in powder. It's not even in spray paint. It like it's blowing away every day. Yeah. The logo. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're definitely going to buy Felicia at the end of the year for sure. Oh, yeah. <sighs> well, should we call this game an upset? I, I technically it is. I think it was they were number five. So UNC, and this game was pretty surprising to me. Mac Brown's team looked terrible. But Florida State um, upset UNC. Again, the game should not have come down to the wire anyway. But a lot of dropped passes on the last drive, which is super oh my gosh, yes. Did, Did you, you guys see that? the commentator who was like, "We've got what we got here is a case of the drops." <laughs> <laughs> case of the dropsies. <laughs> 
For sure. I mean, I felt so bad for that quarterback. He was just like pelting his receivers in the numbers, you know, and they were just not, they were not catching them. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, it for sure was an upset. I don't think anyone expected Florida State to beat North Carolina. What is going on with Florida State? See, I don't know. Because then like when they showed up against Notre Dame, I was like, question mark. And then they beat Uh UNC. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they're having like a Tennessee last year situation where the Titanic has been righted. I think so. I mean, I was the mice, shocked. The mice are scurrying to the top of the ship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what they are. They're running to the top so that they can. That like that still gets me. Like you know, those mice all drowned. Jeremy Pruitt. Yes. Like yes, yes, but. It did work for six games. So actually worked for like eight games because then they started winning at the beginning of the season too. So, you know, whatever it takes. The Titanic has taken on water again for Tennessee this year. So it's a ongoing situation. I will say too, there was also a missed, depending on how you look at it, it's either a holding or a pass interference call. I want to say he was on second and 10 um, on the last drive for UNC. But mm-hmm. still, I mean, the the rest of the passes, like Megan said, they were around right the numbers. They should have gotten them. Yeah, and um, I'm like, why why sh- was it coming down to the last drive anyway? Like, exactly. why did UNC not have put them away at halftime? I don't understand. I mean, we didn't. We were obviously watching the Alabama Georgia game at that time, so we didn't see all of it. But I'm like, what happened there? Yeah. Well, a game I don't have on the schedule, but I think we should talk about, and not because of what happened on the field, but what happened slightly after <laughs> being off the field. Actually, there's two there's two games we should talk about. Uh, so <laughs> a little bit of controversy on the sidelines. Uh, we'll start with UCF. So they were defeated this weekend. Their kicker had, like, what, a 20, 25-yard field goal to win it. And just completely pulls it to the left. And you see him leave the field. And one of his other players comes up to him. And you can tell the cameraman, like, really wants to stay on it. Because it's, like, a huge fight happening. Yeah. They're just, like, chewing each other out. And so the cameraman, like, try to see the something else. And then, like, five seconds goes by. And he cut back to see, like, what was happening. Emotions running high on the sidelines there. Yeah. And I saw something about, is it Milton? Um, is rehabbing and wanting wanting to come back from his injury last year. So I don't know. He was on the sidelines, like oh okay, with the team, like in a jersey. I mean, Maybe. the quarterback they have right now is not bad. I mean, but he struggled, no, and so that's he's why he's good I was for a lefty, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, speaking of another lefty to come back from an injury, Tua. Um, is actually going to be starting this yes, weekend. I guys don't care about the NFL, but he's the only NFL quarterback that's left-handed, so I'm throwing it out there. The other team we can talk about, Megan, your fave. My fave, Bo Nix. <laughs> and his receiver um, got and into... And offensive a, coordinator. And, yeah, it got into a little tiff after um, one of their drives, one of their failed drives. So they were also getting into it on the sideline and cameraman right there capturing it for America. <laughs> It's like reality Shout television. Yes. Doing the real work this weekend. That's right. Thank you. Tensions are running high, apparently. It's the COVID. It has everyone on edge. All right. Well, let's look ahead to this week's games and let's make some picks. So uh, Friday night, we have number 14, Wisconsin, taking on Illinois. Obviously, Illinois did upset Wisconsin last year. Uh, but who do you guys have for this game? Okay. 
Well, I um, have a celebrity guest picker for me here tonight, so I'm going to be letting him make my picks for me. So, who did you have, Wisconsin or Illinois, bud? Um, I think Wisconsin, uh, just because they're just, I don't know, like, they're just, they have better recruits, I guess, and they, they're, I think they're overall just a better team. They had a better, better record last year, and I just think they're hungry to get another, like, uh, get a win after they upset them last year, so... I think Wisconsin's going to win. Good call. Yeah. (laughs) I like all of your reasons, Caden, but I'm going to be cheering hard for Illinois. So I'm going to pick the underdog. (laughs) (laughs) He'd like to clarify. He's not cheering for them. He just picked them to win, Megan. Got it. Um, I'm in the same boat. I I think Wisconsin will get the victory. So I I will stick with Wisconsin there. Next game, number 23, NC State, is playing number 14, UNC. Megan, who you got? I think UNC is going to rebound after that loss to Florida State. So I'm going to go with Mac Brown, UNC. Caden, what are your thoughts? Um, Yeah, so it's kind of like um, what she said, uh, like – Especially because they lost against Florida State last week. Uh, I think they're really going to be hungry for a win, so they're probably going to beat uh, NC State. I'm also going to go pick a UNC. I'll stick with Mac Brown. I do agree. I think they'll bounce back and get a win. Um, so I will also go with UNC. Um, number three, Notre Dame is taking on Pitt. I'm going to pick this as an upset. I'm going to pick Pitt to win, and also because I'm going to be cheering very hard for them. Um, Pitt always has like those sneaky wins too. Mm-hmm. So I am I'm taking Pitt for the upset. Even though I think Notre Dame's like super like overrated. Um, <laughs> I yes. I do think that they're gonna win just because I think they're better still. But I mean I think it's gonna be a closer game, but I, like the Louisville game kind of. But mm-hmm. I think um, uh, Notre Dame's gonna win. I'm going to go with Laura. I do think Pitt is always good for one upset, and so I'm really hoping it's this week. Next (laughs) game up, number 17, Iowa State is taking on number six, Oklahoma State. Caden, who are you going with? Um, uh, I think Oklahoma State probably going to win, and I know I've been going by the rankings, but um, I think that just Oklahoma State is um well, first of all I'm gonna be cheering for Oklahoma State, but um I think Oklahoma State's just gonna win because they've got uh, I've I've really mostly seen them play and they're looking pretty impressive this year and I just think that they'll just get a win. Um, I just think they're gonna win. I don't know. Okay. Chuba's looking strong. Yeah, Chuba's looking good this year. So. Okay. Megan. Yeah, it's hard to go against Oklahoma State, so I'm going to agree with you, Caden. I'll be cheering for Oklahoma State. This one makes me nervous, <laughs> um, but yes, let's make it a trifecta. I'm going to say go OSU Oklahoma State this weekend. So You guys are kind of stepping on my toes in my dark horse here, but... I know. I, that's why I'm actually pretty nervous because I can see yeah. Iowa State point out an upset, but you know what? This, like I said, this is the OSU team. Allow I it because we have family that went there. So, yes. All right. Number 18, Michigan versus number 21, Minnesota. I I might have to pull in a guest picker. So, give me a second on this one. And why don't, Megan, you give us your pick? 
Well, I'm going to go with Michigan solely because I don't think Minnesota even wanted to have a season. So I don't think they're ready. I think they've lost a lot of talent. They lost the paddles to their boat. That's right. <laughs> their, their boat is sinking now. And I don't think this is like the Titanic where it's going to come back up. So there's no one on the boat to row it. I'm going to go with Michigan. Okay. Um, All right. Uh, for me, um, I'm I'm gonna go with Michigan too, just because they've got a good defense, and um, they lost Tyler Johnson, they lost a, other, a bunch of other people, and I just feel like they had like one of those years, like one good year, but then they're like, yeah, as my mom said, they're gonna they they lost their paddles to the boat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I pulled in my guest picker just for this pick only because he has a very strong opinion on it. So, Michael. Who are you picking to win Michigan versus Minnesota? Boat rowers are about to get boat raced. Well, I think we're all in agreement there. Yeah. Well, they lost a ton on defense and I know that they have Morgan and Bateman, but it's one of those teams that like Caden said, they got hot at the right time. People forget because they finished so strong and beat Penn state and Auburn their first three games last year, they needed a couple of comebacks to be, I think, Fresno State, mm-hmm. South Dakota State, and Georgia State. So this is a game where, at the end of the day, Michigan's probably going to take care of business, and then everybody's going to over and fight how good Michigan is because of how bad Minnesota's going to look. So I look forward to the overreaction of Minnesota still being ranked after this and Michigan Vaulting into the top like eight. <laughs> Hot take. Yes. They also lost Antoine Winfield. So, like, they also, I don't know. Yeah, they lost a lot of people. So, I don't think they're going to be good this year at all. But. All right. Boo, Minnesota. Boo. <laughs> yeah. All right. The last few here. So, number nine, Cincinnati is taking on number 16, SMU. All right. Well, oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with SMU, and here's why. I do think Cincinnati is a good team. I like Luke Fickle. I don't like Desmond. And (laughs) actually, as good as Cincinnati has looked, they haven't really played that many games. And they haven't really played anyone good. So I don't, it's really hard to tell. I don't think they should be ranked number nine. I'm just going to pick SMU for that reason. Yeah, like, like I think Notre Dame's super overrated. I also think um, Cincinnati's really overrated. Um... And, yeah, I also don't think that Desmond, like, I just really want Desmond to be wrong. So, I don't, I, plus, like, I think they're so overrated. So, I think SMU is going to win. It might be close, but, yeah, so I think they're going to win. It's in the cards, huh? Yeah. Kaden and I are, like, on the same wavelength here. It sounds like it, yeah. Well, I want to join the wavelength because I okay. am also picking SMU. That's Not because perfect. I actually know a ton about either of the teams, but you're right. I want to see Desmond's pick for the top four to be out. So I'm going to be cheering on the Mustangs. This is totally a girl podcast. We hate Desmond. So that's why we're <laughs> picking SMU. <laughs> okay, but in all fairness, also these are teams that like no one cares about except for the fact that someone picked them to be in the top four. So that's also why. All right. And this one, this one goes without saying, I mean, we're all, we're all ready for Nebraska upset versus Ohio state. Can we just all agree on that? Oh yes. 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 For sure. All right. Tell us why. Tell okay. Us why. So first of all, it's the first game of the season. So <laughs> yeah, we're not, like this, 
a lot of people are going to be saying this means nothing, but we will destroy them uh, just because they, yes, they have lost some people. I mean, not a lot, still Justin Fields and everything. But I think Adrian Martinez is going to bounce back from his season last year, which wasn't as good as his freshman season. And I also think that um, Wandale is ready to play. And we also got, like, Omar Manning and stuff. And we got a bunch of good um, uh, recruits. And so I think I think we're going to get the upset at their at – the horseshoes. Oh. Okay. All right. Do you wanna do you wanna lead us in a go big red cheer, Caden? Uh, like go big red. Go, go big, big red. red. All right. Thank you, Caden. Appreciate it. Alrighty. So let's wrap up this week's podcast. Just taking a look at last week's picks. We definitely had a lot more this week, but uh, we only had two last week, and sadly, I went over two. Um, so whoopsies. However, Megan was our winner. You were a hundred percent. Please, please settle down. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Megan did pick Alabama as well as Kentucky. So congrats to Megan. Well, again, looking forward to this week, looking forward to getting a Husker win and talking with you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to College Dame Day. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, hit us up. We are at College Dame Day on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join us again next week for more college football content.